Podcast alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Ovius inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Print management, document management. We're actually getting to that crunch time at the end of the year. You're probably going over the books. You're probably trying to find ways to help your budgets out for 2024. There's a really easy solution. If you've never looked into your print management, it's a sneaky drain on that bottom line. So, Copiers Plus can help that out again. Check them out at copiers-plus.com. Joe, did you know that the college basketball season started last night? I did. I went to PNC Arena. <laughs> does college basketball have does it have the does it have the worst opening night in in American sports? Yes. Easily. Yes. Is there a way to fix that? Or will the coaches never get over themselves for these types of things? Because at least in college football, you have some like the big kickoff games and whatnot that helps set the tone for the college football playoff for the top teams and everything else. Right. And I, I don't know, maybe it's a byproduct. Is there a way to fix it at on this part of the calendar? No. Yeah, is there anything you can do in November about college basketball? No. I mean, that, I, quite frankly, I would start the college basketball season in January if I was them. Okay. Well, that's a, that, that, cause that's, remember when you asked about a mid season tournament of Paul Brazo, who actually like runs scheduling for yeah. the ACC. Yeah. He said with a straight face, Oh, there's like a three week window in December for exams mm-hmm. that we have to schedule around that make it like really difficult. So if you think about it, they're playing in November to fill ESPN's inventory mm-hmm. in their own pockets, mm-hmm. even though basketball doesn't really matter. I mean, one, one part of basketball matters, and that's the NCAA tournament, you know. Uh, and, and, that's, I mean, and that's one of the greatest weekends in sports. The Thursday and Friday, the NCAA tournament is, is fantastic. Yeah. And like, like it's all just things, too crowded. It's just too crowded right now to do anything yeah. to make a real dent. Not only that, I, I also feel like the first month of college basketball in this modern era is to get yourself acclimated with who the hell is on the team. Do you also know where you were ultimately <laughs> right about all of this stuff? Yeah. With what? No, no, no. And this is going to be an interesting conundrum kind of going forward. So if they're, if they're, if, the NCAA is wed to the net, mm-hmm. right? I thought about this and you, you, you were, you were right about this, even though you may have not crystallized it into a theory story of my life. Okay. You've said all along, who are these guys? What are these teams? What they look like in November isn't going to be oh, what yeah. they look like by February. Well, yeah. you know, I'll start paying attention in February when like, I, I know mad. what they, what they look like. Like I right? legitimately got mad at some of the online takes that I saw about NC state last night over the Citadel. It's like, Oh, they didn't win by enough. Oh, I didn't like this. I didn't like that. It's like, Oh, they only beat Mount Olive by 10 points in exhibition. play. these dudes haven't played together. So why not? And what we've learned from the net is, all of this data is what ultimately shapes yes. the numbers heading into conference season. And ultimately you can't change those numbers. Mm-hmm. So if a team like a North Carolina back when they actually made the final four, isn't any good in, in these non-conference games, mm-hmm. it actually hurts a conference. Mm-hmm. You know, if a team like Clemson ends up losing to, you know, a, a three, a 300 plus like net they did last South year, Carolina last year, you know, it actually works against you. Mm-hmm. So what I was actually thinking was make the whole schedule of your conference games the first month. 
play conference games. Because remember, they cried when they opened the year. They literally cried when they opened the year with a conference game. It was what Notre Dame and UNC and Chapel Hill. And Georgia Tech, up. The, the dunk, always the guy with the dunk. Every game he dunked on them and beat Banks with yeah. the dunk. Yeah. Um, they should play their conference games first. Take a break. Do something in January. Come back. Play your, the rest of your conference games. They but should that, probably play more conference games too. That requires way too outside the box thinking and getting all the coaches on, well, on the same page. You know, the conversations that we had last year with ACC basketball coaches, because remember last year, the, the ACC did not do well in getting teams with at-large bids into the NCAA tournament. No, and, and it's going to continue that way because I feel like we could workshop a bit where we do like a jingle and give you, you know, where's the ACC in the Ken Palm rankings mm-hmm. today, right? But a lot of them were genuinely looking for guidance with the net and how this was going to work and how can they make their, how can they improve their lot in life? Mm -hmm. And I think if you can give them the math that says, this is how you have to do it might be something that works out for them. I mean, really, are we going to consider Stanford and SMU and Cal like play them the first month of the season based on some of the early scores last night, Cal Stanford and SMU look like they actually belong in the ACC. I mean, Wake Forest picked a bad night to almost F around and find out. I mean, they oh, eventually they, pulled that off. They rallied. Come they on. They rallied. Uh, hey, Louisville. Come on. Louisville. Louisville didn't lose. They didn't lose. You want to do a running pit? Louisville didn't <laughs> lose. <laughs> Remember, I told Brasso, I think Brown Brownell wanted to get Louisville's Kenny Payne into the octagon and hit him in the head. For costing them an NCAA bid. I also feel like we could have a recurring bit with North Carolina and, oh my God, is this going to be like last year? Because that's, North Carolina's got a couple issues. One of them is mental. All right. And it's the, much like, this is why I asked Armando Baycott at ACC tip-off. Last year, you said, and you were absolutely right, that last year was spending too much time talking about last year, the run beating Coach K, the Final Four, X, Y, Z. So I asked him, well, how do you make this year not about last year again? Well, one way to, you know, do a clean slate is to go out there and wipe the floor with your competition, except that that's not what North Carolina did last night. And at the end of the first half, it started to look like people were having those flashbacks to, oh, my goodness, here are the turnovers. Oh, my goodness, they're just letting Radford get wide open shots. And, oh, look at that. Armando Baycott's going to get a double-double again. His 69th double-double of his career, by the way. Nice. And they eventually rallied and put it out there. But I could see I could see the people having those moments and going, going oh, crap, here we go again. Now, Hubert Davis, it was, it was like a tight game for a little while. But, but they but- won, and it's fine. So I almost feel like it's not just last year's, this year's team has to get over last year. How we talk about the Tar Heels also has to get past how we talked about them last year. And there's key pieces as to why I think it can't be different this year. The biggest one to me is that it looks like, again, early going, it's one game. It looks like Cormac Ryan's going to be that dude. He's going to be the energetic, like a little bit of grittiness. This is something that Armando Baycott talked about in the offseason, something that they severely lacked last year. He's a spark. I saw that last night. However, I did find it curious, and Hubert Davis did kind of brush it to the side when he was asked about the starting five. You know who did not start for the Tar Heels last night? Elliot Cadeau. I thought that was unusual. That was the one thing I noted. Now, Hubert Davis said that's just who he felt like 
starting and don't read too much into it and that this is going to be a process through the year. And maybe you kind of slowly walk Elliot Cadeau because you're worried about the reclassification, even though he is 19 years old, even though there is a history of reclassified guys and their struggles, but I don't buy that worried about that. I don't buy that. So why they put Paxton Wojcik in the starting lineup over Elliot Cadeau. I, if Cadeau is the guy that you feel is going to put you in best position for RJ Davis to play off the ball. If he's the guy who can get it to the one that everybody talks about Armando Baycott being what Armando Baycott needs to be, which he wasn't able to last year because Caleb love. I, I was big Dean Smith energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Freshman doesn't start. Yeah. Paxton Wojcik, yeah. the coach's son, <laughs> the leader on the floor. The senior. Yeah. That was big Dean Smith energy. I mean, hey, sometimes there's nothing wrong with big Dean Smith energy. No, no. Can get you pretty far sometimes. What's funny is the only team out of the ACC last night that felt like everybody was cool with was Duke. Duke got Duke Duke early on, by the way, and I know this gets to your uh, theories on ACC basketball teams based on your first impressions. Mm-hmm. And last night against Dartmouth, they got into early foul trouble with their guards, but it looks like it's playing out the way that we had talked about this offseason with this Duke squad and the freshmen. They're role guys, man. Oh, Tyrese Proctor's in foul right. trouble? No big deal. We got this superstar freshman coming off the bench that's going to get acclimated and only get better as the season goes on. Or we have somebody like Jalen Blakes who understands his role can come in, and he was a key contributor last night. And the other thing about Duke, we talk about vibes. We talk about vibes a lot on this podcast. Yeah. The vibes around Duke continue to be immaculate, man. You know what Duke does better than everybody else? You know, we, we had this constant theme about messaging over the last couple of weeks. You know, I don't need to see what John Shire has to say after the game. He's going to give you your typical boilerplate coach answers and whatnot. You know what's actually better than that? Ryan Young getting into the cold tub with Jalen Blakes, and they kind of goofing around about a win. And this team generally looks like they get it. They like each other. And it's just a fun team to be around. And again, I feel strongly about this. Duke just kind of came out of last night going, yeah, man, we're good. And we're going to be good. And we're going to be in a championship conversation the rest of the way. As far as the rest of the ACC is concerned, and I don't know. Like, what was your initial impression of the state last night? Well, real quick on Duke, because I had to look it up. Yep. I said to you, there was a year where they opened the season and it was against a garbage team. And I told you they are in serious yeah, trouble. It was the, it was the pandemic. Season. 21, they opened with Coppin State. Yeah. Who's routinely one of the worst teams in the MEAC. Mm-hmm. They beat them by 10. Mm-hmm. It was 81 71. And I said, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So last night, Dartmouth 92 54. They win by 38. That's without Mark Mitchell, who I expect to be one of their key contributors to your point. Perhaps they have a little bit of that depth. I know we like to fall into that Duke trap every year. They're going to be 12 deep. They're going to play no, so no, many no, guys. No, no, no. That was Coach K. But we saw that's last year. We saw Shire, last he year. was more willing to use yes. more guys. Yeah, and that's the thing about Carolina, to get back to how we get fall into this trap every so the, year with basketball teams. They played, what, 10 different guys last night as they rotated through things through. They went deep into the lineup because Hubert Davis wasn't happy with the way the first half was going. All context matters. But when we talk about depth and we talk about role players, I believe it would do because we actually have the proof of concept last year with the various lineups that he brought out. Now, when they got into their own and they won the ACC championship last year, you saw the tight core group, but ultimately coming up. Right. I I expect that to happen again, but Shire seems very, very confident he can roll lineups out there. All right. I got a theory for you. Okay. I've, I've spoken often this year about how, NC State and the Carolina Panthers had similar offseason plans that didn't exactly come to fruition. Okay. And then had, had, 
Now, obviously, NC State's record is much better than the Carolina Panthers, but Mm -hmm. they've been on very similar paths, in my opinion. Okay. I think Duke and the Carolina Hurricanes are on the same path, and not just because Mike Krzyzewski went over and and gave them a pep talk. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Remember at the end of the year, and whether it was just, you know, the, the, the recency bias, if it was the last thing we saw, at the end of the year, it was, is Duke tough enough mm-hmm. because they did get pushed around by Tennessee. There was a story. So now the end of the year for the Carolina Hurricanes, are the Canes tough enough? Do they have enough sandpaper, right? So I think that's the thing to watch with Duke and the Canes as we move along this year. Both preseason favorites, both teams with a lot of familiar faces. You know, where does the growth come from for a Filipowski for mm-hmm. a Proctor? I'm not so much worried about Philipowski, but Roach. not at a hundred percent. Right. I mean, still put up some numbers. Surgery. last night. I mean, surgery, right. you just don't that's, come back from that. That's kind of wild. If yeah. you think about it. Um, but that's the hierarchy you want to see developed too with, with Duke Philipowski Proctor, the way that they had gelled by the end of the last and Mark Mitchell to me, who did not play last night. Uh, thanks Shire for, for not informing me of before my fantasy draft. I, I appreciate that. Um, I think Mitchell's, he's an athletic guy who yeah. I think has going to make a real big difference for them. So I think he will be important for them, but you can tell a lot in those first couple of games. And even last year, remember, remember Hubert when there was, there was the yellow flags last year. Mm-hmm. So I love the way that Carolina closed this game in the second half. They didn't wilt as we've seen on, under previous iterations, but to your original point, I'm looking at, I'm actually, I listened to the Carolina game on driving home last night. I listened to the last sure. I guess, seven, eight minutes of that game. And uh, you, know, you hear Ingram, you hear Withers, you hear Wojcik. These are all different names. Like, I don't care how much pickup you're playing. You still have to figure out where each of everybody's comfortable with the ball, how they, the positions they like to get the ball. It certainly helps to have RJ Davison and Armando Baycott. Yes, it does. Veteran players it, that I'm not going to dismiss that advantage. But you're talking about a lot of new parts in at Carolina, and it is going to take them a minute to figure out how to best fit those parts around Baycott and Davis. One other note about the start of the college basketball season is that we do oh, have, I'll give you my state impression too. We have a rules change. They're trying to change the way they call the charge, which mm-hmm. is the bane of existence for a lot of people who watch college basketball. Never forget that we're not that far removed from Brad Davison at Wisconsin being celebrated by drawing by the NCAA account by the account itself for drawing what five charges against NC State in an ACC Big Ten challenge game. But the rules supposedly are getting changed. It used to be that all you had to do was be in front of a guy outside of the semicircle in time to get bowled over and that would draw a charge. But now the rule change states that a defender has to be in position by the time the offensive player plants his foot, by the time he plants his foot to make the move to the basket. So it's a subtle change, and it's one that Kevin Keats was asked about last night by a guy, JC, over at Wolfpack Central, because uh, he noticed a couple times it just let him play. Uh, through analysis, I saw Jeff Goodman had done some analysis based on how the rule implementation would work. A lot of times, I think this was a Big 12 official he had interviewed said that a lot of those charges would actually be called blocks based on the way the rules have been changed. But you could just let them play, right? And that's what we saw in our game forever. Which is what we saw a little bit (laughs) last night at PNC Arena. Just don't reward anything. 
Here's Keats on the change. I didn't see it, man. We got a couple charges called against us, so I didn't see it. So, no, I, it's different. It's going to be different. And it, it, it here's the toughest thing. It was always hard to referee. Now, if you're a referee and there's a charge, where does your mind go? Do you call a charge? Do you call a block? It's a tough thing to do. And so it's it's always been a bang-bang play, and it's always a, you know, the, the guy who gets the call, the coach who gets the call is excited, and the other guy's complaining. So, again, that's Kevin Keats uh, after the win last night on the charge calls and the changes. But, again, initial impressions on NC State. I actually did not watch a lot of NC State last night because I was kind of fixated on what was going on in Chapel Hill. But what, what were your first impressions? Um, DJ Burns can still score. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's kind of key. <laughs> All right. Moving and on. He was excited, but, but I had one of those moments last night. Yeah. You know, since we have started our um, podcast venture together and, and the OG media LLC, I enjoy when um, our listeners and our talk about our sponsors and come up to us and say, mm-hmm. Hey, love the show. All those things. Uh, love the, Steak and cheese at the butcher's market. Love the wings over. I I found more enjoyment out of that since we've started a business. Sure. Right? Sure. That's natural. It's a right? direct impact. Right. But there is a sense where that you lose that you did something for 27 years, aka you were a journalist for mm-hmm. 27 years. And I've kind of sort of forgotten about that, to be perfectly honest with you, mm-hmm. because we're so focused on trying to make this work. Yeah. DJ, I'm standing. Okay. I promise you, this is not me complaining. I was standing in the, I was standing in the runway because uh-huh. did not have a seat. So I'm standing in the runway, just watching the second half of sure, the game. Sure, okay, perfectly acceptable watching the game. DJ Burns's mom comes up to me, and I have never met DJ Burns's mom. I've only, I've, I've, I've talked to DJ a couple times. Yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. But this is in the old days where you're covering a team, mm-hmm. and she comes up to me and she goes. I'm DJ Burns's mom, and I was like, "Uh oh, what did I say? What did what you? I, what did you? <laughs> normally, say? I'm like, what, oh boy, what did I say? Kendall Marshall's dad is emailing me again." <laughs> I was like, "Uh oh," and she's like, "You know, you talked to him last year. You had him on your show last year, and and I thought that was really, really good." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then she's like, yeah. And she's like, at first you were wondering if he was going to be any good coming from the Southern conference, but he showed you. And I was like, yes, I said, yes, I did. I was skeptical. I think that's a valid concern. But then she was, then she said, no, she goes, you made him look good. She's like, that's one of the best interviews I've ever seen him done. Awesome. She's like, I love and it, then she goes, she, she goes, you're good people. She's like, can I give you a hug? And I was like, Oh, that's adorable. Mama Burns. That's adorable. <laughs> Don't make me miss my days of actually doing things. Come on. Oh, man. Oh, I'm getting all emotional about that. I was. One other one other note, on a serious note, Walter Davis passed away. Uh, Hubert Davis's uncle, a Carolina legend, longtime NBA career. And um, we found out about that at the end of last week. Carolina had done some pregame stuff to honor Walter Davis. And Hubert Davis talked about it after the game about his impact, not only on Carolina, but on his life and, and ultimately why he's there. Uh, Uncle Walt was, um, he was on Thursday, he was coming um, to our house. He was going to stay with us Thursday and Friday. So we were ready for him to come and, um, you know, I'm 53 years old and Uncle Walt has been in my life for 53 years. Um, I told the team that um, the reason that I'm here is because of Uncle Walt. 
Um, I don't get a scholarship. I don't get a chance to go here without Uncle Walt being here. And so because of that, everything significant in my life has happened here because of Uncle Walt. And I told the team, I said, you know, Uncle, Uncle Walt's given me a number of gifts. And that was one of the gifts that he's given me. But, you know, you guys have been given a gift as well. You guys have been given the gift of still being able to play, play with this uniform on, run out of that tunnel and play on that floor and play together as a team. So what are you going to do with this gift? And I just told him about my relationship and how impactful it was to me and who I am as a person. And the reason why I want the best out of them is, um, you know, the things that uh, Uncle Walt has taught me throughout my entire life. So, again, that was Hubert Davis uh, after the game uh, talking about uh, Walter Davis, who had passed away at age 69. Also passing away, uh, found this out yesterday at the end of uh, at the end of yesterday's podcast that Carl Torbush passed away. A longtime defensive coordinator. Actually, he was one of the original staff members for Mac Brown 1.0 at Carolina, who stayed throughout in, the entire tenure uh, in Chapel Hill up until 1997 when Mac Brown left for Texas. Uh, and then he went from interim to head coach. And Torbush, when I think about Torbush, Joe, I think about a completely different era of college football in this area. And Torbush was in a weird kind of nebulous bridge portion of what used to be college football to where we are today with college football in the ACC. And sometimes I wonder what things would be like if, you know, Torbush was fired or was getting planned to be fired. And then Dick Bedour, the AD at the time, there was this outpouring of support for Carl Torbush from the players and staff. They decided to bring him back. It ended up not working out. They moved on. It eventually landed with John Bunting, although there was another tentacle there because you'll remember Dick Bedore had made a run at Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech. And apparently Frank Beamer was getting ready to take that job in North, at North Carolina and then never got it signed, never never had a signed contract. Frank goes back to Virginia Tech. They say, well, you know, what can we do to keep you here? He ends up getting raises for assistance, and obviously the rest is history. They end up with John Bunting. But Bunting was also the hire at the time where you went and you got the guys coming home. You know, it worked for Chuck Amato. He was coming home to NC State. Bunting was in the same boat. But the, in that, between that time, there is this, this period of time with Carl Torbush that is almost like a forgotten era of area football. Just a really good football coach, uh, defense corner for Max Best teams, 96, 97, then mm-hmm. becomes elevated to the head coach. So in 99, they start one and seven. Okay. Or one and eight. They started one and eight. Yeah. And including a home loss to Furman, a one double A team, and they were going to replace him. And they ended up beating state down in Charlotte in the game where the safety was playing quarterback. Right. 10 to six. And then they, they was waxed. It, who, who had mono? There was somebody who had mono at the, the quarterbacks. Anyway, yeah. then they waxed Duke 38, nothing. So he keeps the job mm-hmm. for the next season. Makes one of my all time favorite moves. You may, you may have misremembered this. Michael Kane gets fired in 99 by NC State. Michael right. Kane is one of the finest offensive coaches, certainly at that time. At that time, yes. He makes Michael Kane, who was the head coach at NC State, the offensive coordinator at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, OO season, they spend together. They go six and five. They end up m- making the decision to move on, but just a, f- a football coach is football coach. So, rest easy, Carl. Housekeeping. Tonight. OG tailgate 1000 East lot. Check the pine trees. Look for yeah. my Honda civic, the eye between the eye and the East entrance. Yes. Yeah. So we'll be hanging out there. We're going to have wings from wings over. We're going to have some beer from our friends over at Sweetwater. 
a variety of things. I got to go and people have been asking, what time, what time, what time? I don't know. I'll probably get there sometime between three and four o'clock. You plan on having the wings there by five. Yeah, we'll we'll officially be food and, and beverage ready by five because I'll go. We'll set up. We'll be out there. We, come on out. Yeah. Check us out. Yeah. But I'm going to leave the parking lot at four to pick up the wings. Okay. I'll be there between three and four, though, with cold beer. Perfect. I'm very we'll excited about table. that. We'll, we'll, we'll be also, set up. We're also going to have some prizes as well. Oh, what kind well, of prizes? Well, we have a box of t-shirts that we can give away. We have t-shirts. We have some stickers that we can give away. We too. have stickers. I also have the... We have some tumblers. We also have the Joe needs to get rid of his stuff that's been sitting in the back of his hatchback for the better part of six months. Okay. So we're literally popping the trunk and giving stuff oh, away. Not, not the wolf fact, I hope. No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. That's in a secure location. Okay. So I have this, uh, I have this old shirt seat. Okay. Ooh, who's on the back? Archie? Okay, better. Cam better. Ward. Signed. Okay, look at this. It's a signed Cam <laughs> Ward. Winner. If, if, anyway, you can see it, right? So it's a signed Cam Ward. If you want this t-shirt, I believe it's an extra large. Oh, no, it's just a large. I forgot that it's so old that larges actually used to be larges back then. Mm. Anyway. If you, or I'm getting fatter, one of the two. So if you want this signed Cam Ward shirtsy, the first person to come up to the tailgate and say, that's my damn goalie. Ooh, you get this. Okay. You roll up, you say, that's my damn goalie. You get this signed Cam Ward shirtsy. I also have from this most recent ACC Uh, tip off. I got one too. We can, we can both. This uh, is an ACC (laughs) network, an ACC network cord manager. So Folio is the ultimate companion to keep your digital and travel accessories organized. Let's make it two. It's a twofer. <laughs> so if you roll up to us and you say, hashtag go ACC, <laughs> you get one of these. Again, we have other stuff as well. So drop on. I mean, I don't know. OG Beer today. and wings sound no, pretty no, good to me. Like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, Joe, what, do you, what, have you, what, have you, what would you scream at me in the, th- you know, the three years plus that we've been working here? No, I get it. You know, you have your whole like low rent thing, but you need a little polish. Well, polish comes in the form of popping the <laughs> trunk and giving us giving out free crap. That's polish, baby. That's polish. I don't have anything to drink. Come on. <laughs> I'll be dropping by the breeze through on yes, my we way will be. to PNC Arena. We need ice. I do, I do need ice to we, fill the coolers. We need to get some hydration type beverages too. We'll, we will do that as well. So we'll be dropping by the breeze through. You should be dropping by the breeze through as well to get uh, your tailgate needs as we are in like peak everything mode right now. Hockey, football, basketball, it's all there. Breeze through has everything that you need. Uh, And also big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring Ovius and Julio. I don't think we needed a contract to give these things away, like no release forms to give this. Like the ACC is not going to come after us for giving away free stuff, are they? Probably not. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. I I wish I still had like an ACC speaker. They used to give those away too. The best was the fishing shirt. They had like a Columbia performance gear. Remember we gave fishing all those shirt. to Medlin? Oh, yeah. Shout out to Derek Medlin. I think he has three or four of them that are probably still in the rotation, if I'm not mistaken. So anyway. No, he lost like 30 pounds. He's like a, so go go twig. check out go check out Whitaker and Hammer. WH.Lord. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline from the News and Observer, he is columnist Luke DeCock. Luke, what's going on, man? You got anything to contribute to uh, pop the trunk, give it away? No, but I really feel like if someone walks up to you and says, that's my damn goalie, you should hand them a Scott Darling shirt seat. I think you kind of... <laughs> 
kind of kind of undersold this one. Uh, I, 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 don't I, have, I, I don't have any Scott Darling gear. That's the no, problem. It's all been burned. Yeah, it's got sent to, you know, some Burkina Faso with all the Super Bowl losing team gear, um, with all the NC State ACC basketball championship gear from 2007, whatever year that was. Good times, um, man. Good so, times. What was Tampa, Joe? Uh, seven. Yeah, look seven. at you. All the sevens. Uh, anyway, uh, my Carl Torbush memory, Joe brought it up, the pursuit of Frank Beamer. Um, the competition's lead on their Frank Beamer to be the next football coach at UNC story mm-hmm. was barring a Roy Williams-like turn of events. Hey, yo. Hey. Thanks. Well, then, I think that I want to say that RIP Al Featherston, I believe Al Featherston's story about Roy clicking his heels is somewhere in, what is it, The what's the name of the, the journalism school now? It has like an official booster name now or like an endowment. <laughs> oh, boy. At UNC? Yeah, uh, don't. Where there's no. the McClatchy newspaper's closet? I think so. I think so. Anyway. We'll just gloss. Just keep coming. Move. <laughs> keep moving. Get keep it moving. Started. Keep moving. Okay. Get it started. Fine. No, I'll keep it keep moving. moving. I'll keep it moving. <laughs> We're independent. I don't care. Point. All right. On a serious note, I realized what I just did. Yeah. On a serious note, uh, and speaking of the Carolina Hurricanes and goalie, goalie situation. Yeah. Uh, nothing but the best for Freddie Anderson. We come to find out that he's got a blood clotting issue. Although that even in of itself is kind of a vague yeah. news you item. Know which way, you don't know which way it's going. Yeah. Which, which way is it going? You know, recently we have some basic understanding of blood clotting and, and effects on athletes. Cause we saw this with Sam Hartman. He had a literally had a rib removed because of the pressure that was on the blood vessel and it's a, a necklace and everything else. We've, we've heard about that. But I, I get the sense that that's not what's going on with Freddie Anderson. I don't want to get into speculation about his yeah. health concern, but the Canes do feel that he's going to be gone for a long enough time because of this blood, blood clotting issue that they went and they signed um, Halak to a, a tryout basis while recalling Peter Kochekov. So what is just kind of what's the lay of the land right now for the Hurricanes and, and moving forward with the goalie situation? Yeah, I mean, I think number one with Freddie is, and I tried, I, like, I didn't know what it was yesterday morning when it was announced, but I was able to get some intel and basically that it wasn't like, it wasn't like they found out he had leukemia. Um, you know, it was not something like, you don't want to say life-threatening because a blood clotting disorder can be life-threatening yes. if you don't treat it. I mean, yeah. I, I thought it was something like an irregular heartbeat, right? It's dangerous if you don't treat it, but you give it some attention and it needs some time, then it's okay. Um so I think this still falls in that category. I don't know whether it's a, you know, a, a, a not clotting or a too much clotting thing. Obviously, I think, you know, the former is a lot more dangerous for when we, you know, we saw with Adam Johnson last week. Um, you do not want to have a non-clotting issue as a hockey player, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, you look at the history of goalies being cut and things like that. Um, but it does typically these are issues that can be managed. Um, you know, it may take a while to get the medication dialed in and, and all of that. But these are typically issues that can be managed. So I think Freddie will be back at some point. And then let's face it, the goaltending from the start of the season hasn't been great. It just yeah. hasn't. It was terrible on the West Coast road trip. Auntie Ranta struggled. Kachekov came up and struggled after Freddie took that shot between the eyes. Um, it's just the, the, the Yaroslav Halak arrival is something that's been discussed for a couple of weeks. It was never thought to be at a level that required action, but obviously Freddie's situation changes that. They're going to look at Halak in practice. They're going to, you know, run him through some drills and let him get his feet under him and see how it goes. They may not sign him. They may. Um, but I think it's it's a general statement of concern over 
Freddie, over Auntie, over Kachekov, the idea that even before Freddie was out for an extended period of time, we need another option. And this is, you know, Halak's a guy who's been a veteran backup for a long time. He's stepped in and played well. You know, he's the one who took over for Tuka Rask when Rask pulled the shoot in the bubble against the Hurricanes and closed out that series to beat the Hurricanes. So, um, and then was was obviously, you know, a little used backup behind Shesterkin last year in New York, but a guy who has a lot of experience of sort of like Auntie Ranta of playing and not playing and being able to come in. So I, I would just, you know, whether they sign him or not, the mere fact that he's here and skating with the team is certainly an indication that there are global concerns about the goaltending situation that exceeds sort of Freddie Anderson's health. My ears went up, uh, Luke, at the last home game when Rod had said, you know, oh, it was in the, the West Coast trip wasn't as bad because of our analytics. And I was kind of like, you know, and he had made the point, though, that we're, we're getting saves that we weren't getting in, in yeah. those games. And I kind of thought, uh, is he pulling a Dean Smith on us? Is he like, you know, the way that we keep stats, you know? And I was like, eh, I, I don't well, know. Well, we play that as out of bounds. Right. <laughs> That's an assist on the free throw. Um, I, terrible, Dean. I'm, I apologize. Uh, um, I, I didn't think they played all that great out West. Was I was I off or was Rod kind of trying to, trying to pull one over on us there? I, I think a, a little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah. I think when you look at the analytics, um, their shot rates were pretty good. Their shot quality was a little below what we've come to expect from this team. Their finishing was actually okay in terms of converting chances. Their goaltending was garbage. It was hot garbage. And when you're down 3 nothing against bad teams, it tends to change the way you play and not for the better. Um, so I think Rod's right. I think if you take the goaltending out of the equation, they didn't play to their record in the West Coast. I think you're right in that in part because the goaltending was terrible, in part because they weren't totally on their game, they didn't play up to their standards. I think what we've seen since um, since coming home is when they've gotten the goaltending, you know, and Antti Ranta played really well in the Svechnikov return game, played terrific. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a shutout, but he played well. Um, that everything tends to fall into place, like Tavo Terabine and shooting instead of passing and getting a hat trick and all these things. So it's all linked, and I think in Rod Brindamore's mind, you can understand how he would say, look, our goaltending was so bad, we couldn't play our game. But when we did, we were okay. And in your mind, you can look at it and say, I know the goaltending was bad, but you guys weren't playing your game. And both of those things can be true. I think it's why their record was what it was. And I think now that you've seen them get some saves, and it's going to be even more pressure on Kachekov and Grant and potentially Halak, um, then they can get to their game and do what they do best. Um, Bad goals kill you. They yeah. just do. And we saw it for years with Scott Darling and Eddie Lack and all these clowns that they brought in who couldn't stop the puck. Um, you let up that first goal on a bad shot when you're out shooting them 10-1, it mm-hmm. kills you. And, and that's kind of what happened on the West Coast road trip. It was a little bit of a back to the future kind of deal. Yeah, and you can look at any number of analytics sites or you know the natural stat tricks and everything else. The, the Carolina Hurricanes continue to be analytical darlings with what they're trying to do offensively, but they still have the same issues too. There, there's a little bit of a finishing problem that continues with the Carolina Hurricanes, but they believe in their game and everything else. As much as bad as there, been, there has been bad goaltending, but the, defensively they also haven't been as crisp as we've seen in the past. I think that entire area of the ice for the Hurricanes uh, in the first month of the season has been suboptimal. Those things can correct themselves. And I think we talked about this last week, Luke. You'd rather be going through this stuff now while still being, you know, one of the better teams in the NHL than you would wanting to be in April, right? 
Yeah, and and look, we, we saw this with we talked about this. We saw this with Dougie Hamilton. We saw this with Tony D'Angelo his first year. Yeah, we saw it with Brent Burns. Their system takes a while to adjust to. That was obviously happening, and still is for Dmitry Orlov, who I think is going to be fine. I don't understand why he can't get his shot through traffic. That's just right. there's nothing to do with the defensive system there. <laughs> right. Um, and and I think it's happened a little bit with Tony D'Angelo in his return. And I think Jalen Chatfield's been thrown off a little bit from what we saw from him last year because his role has changed. Mm. And I disagree with that, but that's what they've done. And and that's, you know, now they're dealing with the consequences of it. Um, but yeah, no, I and and you know, Brett Pesci getting hurt obviously doesn't help that at all. Um, but again. You know, if you're a Hurricanes defenseman and you know the way you have to play to be successful and it's October and you're playing the Sharks, do you really want to put in that 100% effort when you can put in a 97% effort and score four goals in the third period and win 6-3 or whatever whatever it was? Yeah, I think there's this team is going to be dealing with for a very long time with, you know, that motivational dead zone. When you know you're going to win most of your games, if, even if you don't play your best, mm-hmm. it's really hard to play your best now. Where that hurts you is, oh, we're going to get into a game against the Rangers and we're going to play really well and not score. And then we give up a bad goal. You know, then that kind of hurts you. But I I just I think this is something as a market wide adjustment. You know, we need we all need to learn what it's like to be a contender where these games just don't matter. They just don't. You know, the Hurricanes can screw this up unbelievably badly and still be the AC in the East and have a chance to win it all. And it's just that's the reality of being a really good team. Um, and it's different, you know, everybody here is hardwired to be like, Oh my God, these points we dropped in October are going to cost us in April when we missed the playoffs by point. Cause we've been through it so many times. Be- it's speaking, not the case anymore. Speaking of hardwired to transition over to college basketball, which started last night, spoiler alert, it's back. You might not have noticed. Um, I think we're hardwired already to worry about the ACC in November when the numbers are set and that ultimately starts screwing over your NCAA tournament chances. And there was a moment last night looking at the ACC scoreboard. You're going, oh, buddy. oh crap. Here we go again. But Louisville did it. Louisville did it. And Undefeated they, Louisville. They got the win. And I this will tie <laughs> back to the start of our conversation with Carolina. It's odd to me that Carolina under Hubert Davis has already been hardwired to be freaking out already hardwired and i it's it's like y'all you, you need to like don't turn into state fans all right i mean you're north carolina the the, the bottom isn't going to fall out you're, you're going to be fine but i could kind of tell that that was what's going on in the first half against radford we're like here we go again what's going on hey, they won comfortably in the end in the first game with guys who haven't played together before yeah, but also the way that they weren't dominating was exactly how they screwed things up last year. And for a team that really wanted a fresh start, for a team that really wanted to show that things were different, that they had learned their lessons, that you know, uh, maybe some of the players who were on the team last year weren't helping them to come out and play for really for, for almost 30 minutes, mm-hmm. the same way you played for a lot of last season. Um, and then they they did. They really dialed up their defense in the last 10 minutes. They did at the end of the first half. And I thought when they turned this sort of deficit into a lead going into halftime, basically Cormac Ryan and Harrison Ingram doing everything that they would, you know, go on from there and start the second um, half. But then when they don't do that, you're like, wait. So I'm calling it now, by the way, Cormac Ryan's going to be your, you know, who is the Brady Manic of 2023, yeah. 24. He's going to be that guy. He's the one that's going to be the the energy giver. He's going to have. The verve, Luke, for UNC. Well, he definitely gave them a spurt 
last night. Play that vocabulary. That. Yeah, no, I and I think so. I think to a certain extent, yes, you're right that Carolina fans, after you know, it, for all the tradition they have, and they're certainly happy to tell you about it, they should not be ready to panic in the first 20 minutes of game one. But I think it's fair the way that that game started and the way that last year ended. I think they're it's fair for them to kind of be nervous about that. The way it ended, that game ended, I think should assuage some concerns because that's what you want to see that team do. They got, you know, they'd been getting the ball to bake out all night. They'd been hitting shots all night. Um, they just couldn't get a stop. And, and yeah. at the end of the first half, they kept turning the ball over. So, you know, dialing it in on defense, which is the thing that the last two teams really couldn't do, um, even, even to a certain extent, the NCAA tournament at times uh, during that run. Um, the fact that they were able to dial in on defense and get the win, I think, is a good time. Radford's a good team. Like they are. UNC Asheville's the best team in the Big South. Radford is going to give them a, a run for their money. They got like, you know, I don't know where they're from, but they got guards who play like yeah. New York guards. Radford has Radford has produced ACC Player of the Year candidates. All right, so let's not sleep on Radford. Just I, no, I, 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 they're a good team and they played well. They gave themselves a chance, and Carolina really had to dig deep in the end. I think it's a good sign for Carolina that they did. Okay, before we get out of here, I did have uh, one last basketball question. Did you remember that Caleb Love was going to be back at Cameron Indoor Stadium on Friday? I was aware of this. Yes, you were aware of this. Is it gonna? Is it gonna matter? It's it's Arizona that's coming to town on Friday. Like, how's Cameron Indoor going to treat Caleb Love? It, it, is it going to have the same use? They're going to greet him with open arms and like, right. Like, I, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, at what point in the game last night were people complaining of like UNC fans? Like, oh, this is all Caleb Love's fault. You know, if he hadn't left, we would, we'd be up by 30. Um, <laughs> I didn't see, I didn't see that. Yeah. I, I'm just saying everything's always Caleb Love's fault. <laughs> okay. I, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair I'd enough. love, I'd love to see Caleb Love go into Cameron and have a great game just yeah. to sort of for the closure for everybody. Um, I, I don't know how it'll be received by the crazies. It's, it's, it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be a question of how online they are in 2023, because if they're re, if this group of crazies is super online, they're going to treat them like a conquering hero for submarining UNC's program. And if they're just like normal basketball fans, they're going to hate him because he played at UNC and that yeah. shouldn't matter. So it's, I think it'll be sort of a litmus test of, of how online the they are. Beat them. In the, in the final four. four. So I don't think, but that, that also tested to Luke's point, memory, you know, people cycling oh, off. These, these, honestly, how many of those kids in the stands for Duke remember that game? None. None. Yeah, it's not, it's the alumni for sure. Yeah. But like that's, they'll be, it'll be, I mean, it's just, that's the way it is now. All right, Luke. Appreciate it. Luke DeCock, columnist, news and observer. We'll talk to you next week, man. See you guys. Joe some new home field hotness just dropped. Have you seen this fire? Saw the slobbering wolf on the jacket. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Let's head on over to the home field. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the, uh, the teases at 10 o'clock today. So 30 minutes from the live to tape here, they're going to have these satin jackets on there. They got the Duke. They got the slobbering wolf. They got the Ramses. And of course, they got the Maryland Terrapin. We used to be a conference, Joe, a proper conference, a real conference in the ACC. So I love that they kind of slid the Maryland one in there. Wake Forest is probably thinking, wait a minute, that's not the big four. But you know what? Wake Forest got some good gear on home field as well. And if you want to get in on this jacket and you want to save some money, use, use uh, the promo code. Yes. Use the promo code OG23, right? Use that promo code OG23. 
2023. Also, big thanks to Hometown Realty for sponsoring Ovias and Julio. Check them out, myhtr.com. Buy, sell. Don't, don't get wrapped up in these guaranteed offers. You're literally leaving money on the table, especially in a market where homes are going for over list price. And Hometown Realty can help you out and with that. And they'll help you get into that new construction too. You know what I mean? Like this is this is not a time to fool around with your number one investment. No. Go with the experts. Go with the family of brokers at my hometown realty. Not my family. Not my family. But my my com. Now maybe you're entertaining family. <laughs> that is where you get to butcher's market. Yeah, we're gonna have to add that to the board. <laughs> my family. My family. <laughs> I think my juices flow all the time. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you don't really want to deal with all the juices of grinding a turkey and all this other stuff, and you just want to do nice, plain, and simple. I don't Ooh, know why does it have rib? why does it have to be turkey on Thanksgiving? Ooh. Change it up. Go to Butcher's Market. Go prime rib. Look at the wheels turning right here. All right, so this Whoa. is what you do. Head on over to Butcher's Market. Uh, and look, maybe you are doing a traditional turkey. You're going to respect the bird. That's cool. I get it. But maybe you need advertise uh, appetizers. No, we need advertising. We do need advertisers. <laughs> So if you want to advertise, hit us up. The OG goes digital at gmail.com. Regardless, but if you want appetizers, head on over to Butcher's Market. And uh, and they got all the things that you might need. What's up next? What's up next? Sorry, I had hit the clip. You want you want to say that again? Said some people need appetizers, other people need advertisers. It's six of one. Let's try this again. What's up next? What's up next? All right, so we got a new college football playoff ranking out tonight. I'm going to be curious to see what they do with Washington and Florida State. Are they going to judge Florida State with the fact that they were missing some key playmakers, uh, mainly in their wide receiver group, with a eh, comfortable win over Pitt? Or are they going to be wowed by what Washington was able to do as South Carolina or South Carolina? Southern Cal continues to go through it. Yeah, there's no consistency to what the committee does. No. Right? So they put Ohio State number one, even though Ohio State clearly does not pass past the eye test did but they're this number weekend? one did they this weekend though but, but they're number one right right so but now florida state which i think clearly does pass the eye test yes hasn't played a lot of great teams you know lsu losing to alabama does not help Florida state ultimately ohio state and michigan are going to play each other again the committee's fetish with ohio state will determine how how this goes um because i'm assuming michigan's going to beat ohio state and i'm assuming florida state's going to Close the thing out without a loss. But I think you're right. <clears throat> it's easy to look at Washington and look at the strength of the Pac-12. Yes. Six Pac-12 teams were ranked last week, probably five this week with, with USC falling out. But that, that you certainly, if you're going to use Ohio State as a great strength of schedule, then you would certainly try to reward Washington under the same premise. Fortunately for Florida State, that's not really how the committee works. Are you buying, is the committee going to buy stock in Clemson? Dabo said to buy up all the stock. You need to buy stock. Actually, I, I'm, I'm annoyed at Dabo and Clemson. This is from Chapel Fowler, who covers a Clemson for the state. Pre-recorded edition of Dabo's oh, radio show due to a Clemson uh, basketball game. So no Tyler in Spartanburg says the 2023 season today is not the race we wanted to run, but it is the race we got to run and thinks it'll lead to great things down the line. A couple thoughts on this one. You have to do something for Tyler. Something. Give him a game ball. Let him rub Howard's rock. Let him do the Dabo sprint. Because <laughs> Tyler, I'm giving full credit to Tyler. 
and how Clemson's got here and why you're buying the stock. Put him on the sideline at this point. He fired them boys up. Fired Dabo up. Question him, Tyler. This is the worst thing that can happen to Clemson, by the way. Because you know my thoughts on this. In order for Dabo to evolve, the bottom has to drop out. Beating a team like Notre Dame and having a strong finish ain't what Clemson needs. It's just going to embolden Dabo to double down on things he feels has worked when we clearly understand there has been a little bit of a drop-off from Clemson, not in terms of the ACC, but where they want to be nationally. I don't think I'm off base with this. Absolutely not up. So we get into the transfer portal, right? That, that's, that's where you got to go, right? Would KC Concepcion go to Clemson, Joe? I think that's going to be the biggest question of the offseason for NC State. Yes. The biggest challenge of the offseason for NC State. Before we get into some NC State and some triangle football matters, uh, every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by Wings Over. They're going to be providing the wings for the OG tailgate today. So drop on by, say hello, and drop on by their Raleigh location. They got parking. They got online ordering. They're always on time. Every time I've ordered from Wings Over online, when I say, hey, I'm picking it up at 6.30, it is ready at 6.30. There is no goofing around. Great wings, great flavors, great variety, great tots, great waffle fries. They know what they're good at. And the chicken tendy buns too, man. Those little lobster bun You bringing those tonight? No, that will not be part of the menu. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. fine. So I bring this up. Let the people get what they want. I bring this up with the transfer thing because as NC State has dragged themselves into bowl eligibility. I will see this pop up every so often from fans who are being dicks for lack of a better term. They're being dicks. They see Casey and they go, man, he's going to look really good at Georgia next year. Right? Like that's the joke. Like, Oh, what's the one good playmaker that NC state has? What's the one thing joke or a reality of what college football is now? Like if a guy is excelling, which he is is a reality. And it gets to it gets to the bottom line of does state have a, a bottom line that sure. they can pay these guys to stay at NC State? That that is a big question for the Wolfpack going forward. And you can develop guys all day. And with player impact, which I'm completely okay with, by the way. I am completely okay with a high-level player getting what he deserves somewhere if they've got the money for him. Now you can ha- you can have now, he has said multiple times publicly that he is staying. That's what he has. That's said. what he has said. And that's before someone's thrown a bunch of zeros at him. That, there's a different reality there. There's, too. there's a completely different reality there. But it's not like we haven't seen players say we're not going anywhere and actually follow through. All right. We've, Which gets us to. OK. One of the stranger stories I think I've encountered. So or, is, should I say stranger new? It is new because we've never dealt with this before. So MJ Morris has played four games at quarterback for NC State. Yes. With the rules, you can play four games and still redshirt. There was a thought that as the season progressed, maybe MJ Morris would see some action just to get reps, right? And then kind of get ready for next season. There was a debate at the beginning of the season whether or not, and I was of the belief that MJ Morris would not see the field, but obviously Dave Dorn had to make a decision. If this season's going to get turned around, we're going to have to see if there's a spark. You can go back several episodes to get into the weeds of that particular conversation. What's the beauty of the podcast? Just go back to that episode and you'll get the particulars of it. But now that we've gone to four games, there has been a question that has been posed that I'm kind of scratching my, my head at. Yeah, I don't know if it's a question or if it's an actual conversation well, that's happening. Well, let's start it as a question. Okay. Now that he's played the four games, would he still redshirt 
with three games remaining against Wake Forest this weekend, Virginia Tech, and oh, by the way, the North Carolina game. Would he actually follow through on the plan from the get-go, which was to redshirt this season? Given the circumstances around how MJ Morris ended up in the starting role and trying to change this season around, I can't imagine a scenario where he would redshirt the rest of the year unless that scenario involves him not being NC State's quarterback next year. Yeah, because I think it's it has not about, to be in either or. There. It's not. It's no longer about MJ Morris's development at NC State. It's here now. He's the NC State quarterback. Hard stop. So if you're the NC State quarterback, you play the rest of the year. If there is a conversation about redshirting, some nebulous idea that this might actually happen, then that indicates to me, Joe, that he is not going to be NC State's quarterback. Now, this is stuff that pops up. But see, this is where... This is where your sparkling personality comes in because you start hanging around folks and it becomes more than just some chatter online to well this people seemed, talking. Yeah, this seemed like to me that it couldn't be real, yeah. right? Like it was suggested to me that he could still redshirt this season. And then I was like, oh, that sounds really odd. Again, you want to talk about somebody who's publicly said that he, you know, his commitment to NC State, MJ has said over mm-hmm. and over again and uh, just to go back in context purposes, he went into this season with the plan to redshirt so that he would have three years of eligibility remaining. Remember, he doesn't have a COVID year. So he's on a normal five to play four clock. He played in five games last year, which made him ineligible to redshirt last year. Okay. So they go out in the portal, they get Brendan Armstrong, and the plan was to redshirt MJ Morris. Season starts the way that it did. They're three and two after the loss to Louisville. And in those five games, Brandon Armstrong threw six interceptions, five Mm -hmm. touchdowns, six interceptions, completed only 57% of his passes. Quite frankly, the the passing game was a struggle. The offense was a struggle. Okay. A lot of what the offense was, was Brennan running the football, which helped him in the UConn game, but not so much in the other games. Okay. MJ then gets the start against Marshall. Plays his best game of the year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The first game that he played in was his best game of the year. The only thing he has going for him statistically is your favorite category of QB wins. Yeah. They're three and one in his four starts this year. He has seven touchdowns, five interceptions. He's only completed 55% of his passes. Quite frankly, he's had some throws that he probably should have more interceptions Mm -hmm. than he's had, but that's not what the number says. The number says five. Okay. So that is fewer than Brennan Armstrong. The question in my mind is, then this is coming from MJ Morris's family. Okay. So the question in my mind is, if you redshirt, which I think if this was my son and I had a hard concrete offer from another school, I would say the best thing for you to do is not play the rest of the year, kind of like Kelly Bryant did at Clemson Mm -hmm. when it was clear that Trevor Lawrence was their quarterback. That was worked out. And those, but those were also the first four games of the year. Yes. Maybe even go back to the beginning of this season when Jordan Houston played four mm-hmm. games and said, hey, I could retain my eligibility, maybe go make some money somewhere else next year, or at least play one more year of college football at a productive level. And that's what I'm going to do. Those and I don't plans. think those were planned. Well, I don't think Jordan was planned, but I think once you realize what your future is, mm-hmm. those are ideas. Well, the Kelly Bryant, the, 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 the Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence thing that you mentioned. That to me was they got always to game four. Yes, that was always a plan. This in is opinion. unusual in the sense that you and I have been consistent that we are pro 
player rights. We are pro the transfer mm-hmm. portal. We are pro players maximizing their financial advantages. So if I was his agent, if I was his dad, if he was my son, I would look at this calculated. I would look at this and say, this is the best move for you mm-hmm. to, to, to know, to not play these final three games and to take your, take your talents elsewhere on the port into the portal and onto the open market. If you think your future is at NC state though, you can't do this. No, you can't sit out the final three games and think that a, it it doesn't matter what the collective thinks. It doesn't matter what I think the collective meaning the people who are going to pay you, by the way, he did get money this year to, to, to be on NC state's roster and stay at NC state. So it's not like he wasn't compensated this year. You can't go back to your teammates you can't go back to your teammates and say, I'm not playing against Wake in Carolina so that I have an extra year so that I can make money. Again, that's what this is about to me. I think. And I think maybe there might be some confusion on the in his camp mm-hmm. that thinks he can shut it down this year and stay at NC State. Again, I want to be super clear here. I think this is a conversation that is actually happening at NC State right now. Okay. I don't know if it is going to happen. It's but something I, but, that's been broached. But this is a conversation that has actually been happening with MJ's camp and the collective and mm-hmm. the coaching staff. Okay. Okay. So I don't know how it is going to turn out. He might show up on Saturday, start, and they'll deny it until the days. Sure. You know, hey, what are you talking about, Julio? That, yeah. that never happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know but what you, I'm saying? You've been doing this long enough. When you start asking questions and it's not immediately When it's dismissed. not immediately dismissed, you're like, okay, then there might be something there. Yeah. So again, I don't know how this turns out. All I know, there's been a conversation. I would just say that his camp and his family, he can't sit the final three games out and stay at NC State. No. He can sit the final three games out and, and do what Kelly Bryant did and go somewhere else. Or, or Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Hurts only played four games a year, too. Mm-hmm. Or whatever they ended up working out there. I, yeah. I, I think that's a situation where you are saying, I am not the quarterback at NC State. Now, if you're NC State, and you're the collective. Now, this is a, this is the new part of the reality. We just talked about Con- Kevin Concepcion. We just talked about um, Jonathan Paler, who you've already made some promises to on the recruiting trail. So if you don't think MJ, in, based on these four games, is your... If you don't think MJ is your answer at quarterback, you're probably not crying over this one. No, you're not. Because you're going to sit here and go, well, I'm going to bring Brennan in. We're going to play the last okay. three games with Brennan. Couple We're going to finish the season with Brennan. And we're going to, we're going to move on because how many times have you and I talked to Kevin Keats about the portal and how this works? Even Jim Laranega, who wasn't exactly thrilled with us, right? (laughs) When you have a conversation, when you have a conversation about these things, it's like, okay, this is now a business. If somebody chooses to move on, as Kevin has said to us multiple times, yeah. if a player chooses to move on, I'll just go in and get another one. A couple things. The first one is, I think this is just the new reality where you're going to have interested parties that want to maximize the value of which I their kid think is a normal, new normal thing reality. And these are conversations that probably take place at a lot of programs right now, but all the examples that you've given have been, in my opinion, planned the Kelly Bryant situation or Jalen hurts. You know, he's off to Oklahoma because every single one of those instances, they had the next guy coming up in NC state's case, MJ Morris, is the guy. guy. Yes. But based on what we've seen out of MJ Morris, QB wins aside, there's been nothing that I've seen from MJ Morris 
last year and this year. That makes me go, man. Uh, that dismisses man. the Wake Forest performance last year. He was good against Wake Forest last year. You're bringing up one example. Okay. I, one. I, I'm not But we do this. That, but we do this with NC State quarterbacks. We've been doing this with NC State quarterbacks. We romanticize NC State quarterbacks, they are, yes, for a very with, good reason. We did it with Devin Leary. Mm-hmm. We did it with Ryan Finley, who was okay. And MJ Morris has been okay. I'm not saying he's a bum. I'm just right. saying he's fine. But this idea that MJ Morris is some dude you have to lock in that he's the, win, the the wins above replacement with MJ Morris. You know what MJ Morris is doing better than Brennan Armstrong and why they've been able to eke out these wins is because they're making enough plays offensively where MJ Morris's first instinct is not to just tuck it and run. He's getting it to Casey Kitsap. Yeah, I was going to say, he's getting it to the right guy. He's getting it to the right guy. It might just be a doesn't matter. It does not matter. He's getting to the right guy, which is what Brennan Armstrong struggled with while that's, turning the ball over. I agree. But that's not something that you go, well, man, that's our future. Okay. But so I wanted to make that abundantly clear. There's nothing that I've seen from MJ Morris that makes me go, damn, if NC, if NC you got to break the bank. If NC State doesn't have MJ Morris next year, man, they're screwed. I don't see it. Okay. All right. NC State's got a lot of other issues that they have to resolve beyond just the and quarterback. It's just because he's leaving doesn't mean there can't be another one that comes in. I mean, it's the transfer I, portal. I, I don't disagree it's with that. It's the transfer portal. You can go and get yourself a guy. And again, Brennan Armstrong didn't pan out, but that's not to say that they can't go find a quarterback that will. Ultimately, ultimately, I think this is going to blow over for the reasons I just laid out. Okay. In that these are frustrations that are boiling over. People talk. It's a new reality of college athletics. And we're kind of yeah, getting the, some the residuals calendars of just that. off with this. Yeah, it, the calendar's off from yeah. Now, because it's easy to have a plan, but then the plan changes. Now, have I been wrong about stuff? Of course I have. I'm wrong a lot. You do this for as long as you've done it, and your job is to give opinions on things. Yeah, man. I've not read the room on occasion. Hell, I'll go ahead and take the L earlier this year where I thought they would not go to MJ Morris as quickly as they did. I understood the reasons why. But I was wrong on that. And we hit publish on the podcast. And literally 45 <laughs> minutes later, we get to find out MJ Morris is out. This could happen again. I, 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 I could hit I publish on this podcast and I'll get something new. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know what's going to happen. Okay. I'm, being, I'm trying to be super clear on that one. I, I just know the conversation is taking place. I think it is an interesting conversation because I, I do think it is a new reality. I agree. To what college football is. I think this is one of those times where you wish and hope that the people who are making these decisions, again, they should always make decisions for what's best for their child. Mm-hmm. Uh, you or I in the same position would do the same thing. You just want to make sure that they understand the consequences of the choices. Yes. That's yes. all. Totally agree with you on that. Totally agree with you on that. Everybody take a deep breath. Everybody take a deep breath. Big thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. Is Hayes here in this scuttlebutt in the RV lot? I don't know, man. Anyway, <laughs> saw him last night. <laughs> I'm telling you, this one has me uh, genuinely. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. We'll get it out there then. Okay. We'll get it out there then. Anyway, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Thanks to them for sponsoring Obias and Gilio. Check them out at BugsBite.com. And also, big thanks to Matt Davis over at State Farm. I've been a State Farm customer for a long time. We've already saved some of our, some of our listeners money, which is awesome. Call them directly at 919-779-8277 or visit insuregarner.com or just go to the OGinsurance.com. Nicole was going to stop by and see us tonight at oh, the okay. OG tailgate. That'll be fun. And I'll have her tell you the same message that she told me. That is, you have the best <laughs> listeners. I wish all of the people who called were as smart and as realistic as your listeners. So 
do me a favor. Give them a call. 919-779-8277. Figure out a way to save some money. I mean, we're all in that position right now that we're all trying to do that and be ready for your favorite holiday. Also, big thanks to Graffiti. It is Tuesday. It is break-even night at Graffiti, so go check them out. You can get incredible bourbon specials every Tuesday at Graffiti. You can also go on Sunday for all the football action. They've got even more drink specials, an incredible bourbon selection. Every time we talk about the Carolina Panthers, it is brought to you by Graffiti. Let's get out of here with some Hey Joe questions. That's brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box. Check them out in downtown Raleigh. It's a Tuesday. They're not open today. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they'll be there. I was actually at Oakwood Pizza Box this past weekend and had the square pizza. It's always money, man. I go meatballs and onions every single time. It's really, That's really a controversial choice. What, meatballs and onions? I would go sausage onion. I don't think I've ever gone meatball <laughs> Try onion. Try it. Try it. It's really good. It's really good. We got a, uh, we got a response. We got a, um, we got GSO Mike pointing us out to some more Dabo mind virus infiltrating college football coaches. And it's our friend. Uh Oh, not the half. No, not uh, halfly. Oh, drink. No. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Former Panther legend coach. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> Something about the other team scouted us. Matt Rule, baby. Here we go. I'm sitting here at five and four. This is my fourth head coaching job. I'm in year 11 as a head coach. I've never had a touchdown wrong on replay. And if we've had it, you know, we've lost two games by three points. We've had it wrong twice this year. It was wrong in Minnesota and it was wrong here. We had one game where the team scouted us. <laughs> we've had two games where we replay was wrong. I mean, that's, that's tough to swallow. But you know what? That's where we are. We are where we are. And the issues about giving up sacks and turning the ball over, those are the main issues that we're going to work on controlling. Um, but you guys did ask me about that, and I didn't want to answer that. So there you go. The Dabo mind virus continues to infiltrate all of college football. Man, you just, we got one guy who scouted us. That was a nice, subtle shot at Michigan. I've never seen this in a replay. I've never, how does this keep happening to me? I wasn't going to even comment on Matt Rule this year, but he is on it. He's having a perfectly perfect Matt Rule season. He really is. If you look at his wins, Northern Illinois, who's trash. Louisiana Tech, not good. Illinois, not good. Northwestern, not good. Purdue, not good. The teams that he's, the teams that he's lost to. Yeah. Michigan was 45-7. I don't think it was because they had your signals, nope. dude. I had nothing to do with that. Lost to Minnesota. Again, there was a controversial finish. Lost to Colorado, who obviously has more talent than they do. And then inexplicably, they lost to Michigan State. They've got Maryland, Wisconsin, and Iowa down the stretch. They probably will lose to Maryland. Uh, and probably Wisconsin as well, and then probably Iowa as well, and they'll finish with uh, five wins on the year. From Will on Twitter, talking heads telling state fans just be happy—a tradition like no other. This is when people. This is when people. When did we say don't get happy. the joke? If you're going to be a state fan and you claim to be a state fan and you're immersed in Wolfpack stuff, when I make the joke online, shit, just be happy. Uh -oh. NC State is bowl eligible. It's the joke. Referencing the coach at the, the Virginia game who said, Shit, just be happy we won. Your coach literally said that. It's a quote. It's a quote from the coach. So when I get an NC State fan or any other fan, I don't want to single out state fans. When I'm literally referencing something that your head coach said and I'm having some fun with it, keep up. I'm not telling you to understand your role. I'm just out here making funnies on Twitter. This is probably why I spend less time on Twitter these days because nobody has a freaking sense of humor anymore. Speaking of which, Jake. Not able to get a press pass this year, huh? And it was a guy who's completely bald. Jake, I'm not that bald. I'm not that bald, Jake. I'm not that bald, dude. Come on now. 
Harsh. Come on. Harsh. Come on. Anyway. I, although I do have a new favorite official in, in, in the ACC. And who's that? I actually had to text Kersey last night because there was a unit out there. There was a big dude. Like He looked like he was 6'6". Well, six, six. well, you pulled that up. Mike without... Maloney. Oh, okay. Yeah. One more item before we get out of here. Got an email apology from Bally Sports. We did. Because yeah, like we purchased as, a, as an OG company. So we're we getting a discount or we, what are we, we'll what's get going to on? That. So last yeah. week, you text me. What's the password? Like, it's the same password. It's not working. Logged in. I kept getting load failure, which, of course, I made the joke. We wouldn't be having load failures if Marley Drug was still sponsoring right. the Canes. Never happens with them. We work on that. <laughs> you want to hit up Marley Drug? They got a, bill, they got a billboard on 440. <laughs> I mean. I see it all the time driving back from Menlo. <laughs> So twice over, I couldn't get in to Bally Sports to watch the Canes last week. It was brutal. So I just gave up. Yeah. And they sent an email. This week has been a tough one for, for the fans. Peeling back the curtain, we heard you and instituted some new app updates in time for the NBA and NHL seasons. However, we encountered some issues we did not anticipate. Saying we're sorry is not enough. We owe it to you to acknowledge our failure and try to make it up to you. Because of that, we will continue to optimize over the next few days, and we will be applying a seven-day credit to your account. So, hey, look, oftentimes we bang on companies for not actually apologizing when they say we're sorry. Credit to Bally Sports. That's a legitimate, we effed up. Yeah. Here's a seven-day credit. We're going to try to get better. I I appreciate that, which also gets us to a final item when it comes to Bally Sports. It seems as though we will not be rid of Bally Sports anytime soon. This comes to us from The Verge via John Orrand of the Sports Business Journal. As the the Sinclair Bally Sports bankruptcy thing continues on, according to Orrand, the NBA has knocked out a one-season deal with Diamond Sports, Sinclair Bally Sports, to extend itself into next season. And the NHL looks like they're going to be doing the same thing going forward. And this has upset some people, and this actually was at the blurb at the end of The Verge's uh, news item. The only issue in its closing, the piece notes teams might work out new deals with Diamond after next year, which gets to a really important distinction and why this, this utopia of just going direct to consumer might not necessarily work out and why if you're a Carolina Hurricanes fan, you're probably stuck watching Bally for the foreseeable future, especially as the Atlanta Braves are ultimately subsidizing Bally Sports South. I know that's a point that a lot of others have made. I know Luke DeCock wrote about that uh, last year when all this bankruptcy stuff was going on. It is, as Disney is finding out, as Netflix is finding out, as HBO found out, it's incredibly expensive to produce and distribute your own stuff. Unless you're us, because it's cheap. Because we have, like, no overhead. But we still need advertisers. (laughs) Oh, he, like, just stepped on my joke. (laughs) What? Say the joke. (laughs) Some people need appetizers. Other people need advertisers. You know what? I'm going to put that (laughs) on the soundboard. So I, you know, could Tom Dundon run his own? Yeah, maybe. But it would be really expensive. (laughs) And it might not be as tech. You think you have problems with. I was going to say, he told us he doesn't gamble. You want to talk about gambling. That's a gamble, man. So if you think you have technical issues with Bally, imagine if it was just the Canes and their own infrastructure trying to do this. So it's not as easy as let's just go direct to consumer. And the same thing would go with going over the air. There's not a local company in the market that has enough money to give to the Canes that would make it financially worth their while to leave Bally at this point. It would be an incredible money suck for any of the local companies to pick up games over the air at this point. So all this is to say, this is the future. 
this is kind of where we're at over the next couple of years. Maybe down the line, the NHL does it on their own, but I still maintain that it's expensive for these entities as they found out to not only generate the broadcast, but distribute them as well. It's not as easy as we might make it out to be. Unless you're just a lowly podcast like ours with like the zero overhead, a couple of webcams and some nice mics, right? It's going to wrap it up for today's show. Hopefully it's not dated after I hit publish. <laughs> Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.